Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Let's play some football! Run right through the back of him. Run right through the middle and out the back. What's known in football terms as a slam dunk. Welcome in to another edition of Daytime Fireworks. I am your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as always, Mr. David Brandt of the Associated Press. Week 9. Woo, we're flying through it here. Big weekend for several SEC programs. But like we always do before we get into the slate, we will recap the week that was. David, good morning. It was a... Uh, history-making weekend for the Rebels. I, I'm sure it was. Like you said, going into to Auburn and winning no matter the, the state of the Auburn program, that's a that's a good win. Survive in advance, as we talk about. Absolutely. It was the first time in 71 years that Ole Miss has gone back-to-back against Auburn as wow. Ole Miss won last year at home. And a bit of a, you know, kind of a snoozer. They just kind of pummeled them into submission and ran away with it late. Um, this year, uh, I don't know. I'll I'll ask you, and sure, people are going to say this is hindsight. And, you know, well, of course you can say that now. But I never once worried the game was in doubt or in jeopardy just because Auburn simply cannot do anything offensively. Yeah, I mean, I I felt good about it the entire game as far as where Ole Miss was standing. Like you said, it just it, – it, it got a little hairy there. The second half, you were kind of waiting for them to take off. But, again, they did what they had to do. As we knew, Hugh Freeze was up for it. Um, but they, and I, I think Hugh Freeze will have that program going here in a couple years, but right now they just can't do the things offensively. So I was kind of like you, I, I never kind of thought they were going to lose that game, but it just, I I don't even know how to describe it. It got weird late, but again, you figure out a way. I, we talked about this on Saturday, but Quinshawn Judkins can continues to look better as the season goes on, which I think is a really good thing for, for Ole Miss kind of, I think they're peaking mm-hmm. at more of a correct time. It's not like, you know, you kind of remember last year where they, they looked so good early a few games and it just, you know, they just couldn't keep that momentum. I, I like the way this team is, you know, has played decently at times and, and different sides of the ball have had moments. I, I think this mm-hmm. is a team that is, is slowly, Again, kind of finding itself. Jackson Dart was really good again, as he always is. And yeah. you know, you win the game, you move on, and the fighting Hugh freezes will, like I said, I think they'll uh they'll be pretty good here in a couple of years. The win probability, thanks to ESPN, was fifty point two percent in favor of of Auburn with just under five minutes to go in the third. And then it quickly shifted back to Ole Miss. Um, Yeah, I thought Dart played a great game. He had the one bad throw, which to my recollection, David, I think that's give or take, you know, maybe one or two offline throws or bad decisions. I thought that was just probably his second bad throw of the year. He had the desperation heave interception against Alabama when he was just forcing it, trying to make something happen. Um, This one was just a bad throw. He'd tell you just behind Zachary Franklin uh, had him wide open. Um, He probably catches it, gets up field for 15, 20 yards. 
Um, outside of that, though, just a really good game. I thought he responded well in the second half. First half, he was kind of – he made some good throws, but he just didn't look like his normal, efficient, confident self. Um, maybe just – not to say he wasn't confident. I don't think that was the case. I think just getting settled in on a tough road environment, but – Finished the day 10 for 17, 202 yards and a touchdown. And then uh, also added two more scores on the ground, 44 yards rushing. He was effective running the football as well, like you mentioned, with with Quinchon Judkins, who went over 100 yards, had 124 on 21 carries. He ran angry on Saturday, close to six yards a carry. He looked like he was on a mission, probably a little emphasis being back in the state of Alabama, a program that didn't want him when he was coming out of high school. So, um, just a really efficient offensive effort. Uh, Trey Harris was great. Four catches, 102 yards. Caden Priestcorn, man, just a, just gutsy and just an emotional effort from him coming off of the tragedy last week. He had a huge catch and then, um, uh, big catch on that wheel route down the sideline that I don't think Jackson Dart could have thrown it any better. And then, uh, had a big, long conversion on third down but yeah just i thought i balanced attack from Ole miss and um i, I think you yeah i mean they it was a two two score win they give up the garbage touchdown late but just a methodical win on the road that i think if you're gonna be a contender if you're gonna be a tier one sec team these are the types of games that you just have to win you're the better team just go out and get it done Right. I mean, you look at somebody like Georgia, they've been having wins like this all year where they, you know, yeah. didn't look amazing, but they kind of just slowly suffocate the other team and, you know, pull out a 10, 14 point win. And like you said, this was, I, for all intents and purposes, this was a 14 point win with a touchdown late. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you, so anyway, you got, you got Vanderbilt next week, then you got Texas A&M and then you got Georgia. So it's, Setting up pretty good. Tennessee couldn't help out the the Rebels this week, but uh, other than oh, that, it was gosh. it was mostly good news for the uh, Rebels. Yeah, I watched the highlights. That's kind of like my Monday, my Monday right. homework. Um, watching, uh, I was I was out of town with with my kids and had help from uh from parents and and other family members, but it's it's a chore to actually sit down and watch a game with, with two young kids during the day, like the, the, the pack 12 after dark, that's, that's when I'm in my element because they're asleep and I can sit down and actually watch a game, but did the rewatch of Tennessee, Alabama, um, man, Tennessee, I mean, just all the momentum in the first half offense, oh, yeah. was, offense was clicking Bama that they were on their heels that stat, uh, that the crowd was was really taken out of it early, um, and they uh, they were really getting after uh, Jalen Monroe. But credit to Alabama in the second half, they made some adjustments and um, really slowed down Heupel's offense. But yeah, it, look, you, you mentioned surviving advance, David, and that that's going to be the theme I think for the rest of the season for Ole Miss because it, look, the rest of the way favored to win every game outside of Georgia. And we've already talked about how that one is is very gettable with Brock Bowers availability still up in the air. I, I don't think he's going to play. Like if you're asking me today, I think he is either going to make a business decision and not play and get ready for the combine, or he's just not going to be ready. But um you, you can't you can only, you know, control the controllables. You, you can't worry about other teams and hoping, you know, you hope they lose to give you a shot at making it to Atlanta, but you got to take care of business on uh, on your end first. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's, you know, Alabama's got LSU this week and then Kentucky. And then, you know, they got to go to Auburn for the Iron Bowl, which is always a little tricky. So there's there's chances there. But like you said, can't control that now. You had your chance against Alabama. It's the one blemish of the year. You just move forward. And like I said, I think, you know, other than the fact that obviously they need some help in the standings, it's, Ole Miss is in a pretty good situation right now. Yeah. North Carolina lost over the weekend to Virginia. Just a oh, brutal loss. Ugly Ooh. loss. Um, Washington, whew, I I couldn't stay awake. I, I, I Mainly because it was boring. I was hoping that Michael Penix was going to 
do his thing and and put up some big numbers, but Arizona State hung in there and made it difficult for him. But yeah, I mean, you think Washington had a scare and, and they've got the meat of their schedule remaining. Um, yeah, just take care of business. And, you know, if a couple people stumble, maybe you you have a shot, an outside shot at the playoff. But yeah. Go eleven and one and just see what happens. And you know, hey, right? There's, if it there's there's a lot worse scenarios yeah. than that one. Yeah, I mean, look, I I was telling people, and I get it. Ole Miss fans are going to be upset if it comes to that and you don't get in the playoff, your best season ever. But hey, eleven and one, go to a really nice access bowl. Probably going to play a marquee program. You know, maybe you play a Penn State or, you know. A, somebody big that you haven't played either haven't played before or haven't played in decades and uh and have fun uh around new years and get ready for 2024 but yeah i mean the focus right now i think is you get past vandy this weekend and then you get a really big big shot at, at a&m at home and then you get ready for georgia and and i think that it it's not just us you know this isn't posturing by an Ole Miss podcast you know everybody is saying that you know Ole Miss has still got everything in front of them they still got their shot they can they can still you know possibly squeak in but I think you you get past a uh a Vandy team this weekend in a big time let down look ahead sandwich spot and then um take care of business against the Aggies and it's uh it's Super Bowl time in Athens yeah no that I uh... I hope it happens just specifically just because I the atmosphere for that game will be incredible if it happens. Yeah, I think I, I still think that we're going to regress to the mean a little bit, but the ticket prices are still ridiculous for that game. And <laughs> uh, me and some buddies are going and, you know, they're they're you know, they're starting to to worry about tickets. And, you know, hey, look, it's going to come down and also we can just scalp on the day of because <laughs> I'm just being honest, David, I'm not paying $650 for a regular season game. Um, Ooh. Yeah. That, that's, that would be, a, that would be a little steep. Yeah. Some of the uh, ticket that's sites out there. Where, where you it's ridiculous. It, if for some reason you were able to sell your tickets for six fifty a piece, then go to the, the bar and have yourself a nice, <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice stack of cash with you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the atmosphere and and going to Athens will be fun enough, and um, but you know, worst case, if 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 it's just so astronomical, we can't make it happen. You know, just go to the bridge and just watch it from there. Or go to a bar and just <laughs> right. have a good time where we can actually just sit down and watch it on TV and enjoy it. But I imagine it'll 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 level That'll out. That'll probably come bit. down, like you said, for a regular season game. That seems. Yeah, I, I know that, the that's SEC a, loves its football, but that's pretty high. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. I I refuse to pay that much for a non-trophy game, is what I keep telling people. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, I, I thought the the game on Saturday, going back to Ole Miss Auburn, I thought it was indicative of this team's demeanor and kind of the experience and maturity of this team. Um, again, I never thought that it was in question or Auburn had you know a chance to win it, but that's the type of game that SEC teams can lose when you're on the road and some adversity happens. You know, they had a ton of penalties early on. They had the early turnover, but dude, Pete Golding and what he's done with this defense is just a revelation. I mean, he has really turned up the heat on offenses and I know Auburn is just abysmal, but you still got to do it. And they had a plan. They made adjustments. They turn them over get the two interceptions. And um, I, I mean, it just made life difficult for Auburn. And that's just a, a testament to the players and the plan that they had in place. They were ready for both Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford. And uh, I mean, I, if Ole Miss keeps this up, I know Kiffin's in the conversation for, for a lot of coach of the year awards, but Pete Golding's got to be up there for uh for an assistant coach of the year award, the, the, the award, the name is this, the Broyles, the Broyles award. He, he's got to be up there with how good they've been so far um, as a unit, especially as, as, as bad as they were at times a year ago. Well, I just think what I liked is they, 
they kind of regressed a little bit. And I know LSU is very, very good, but that was, you know, that was one of those crazy shootouts that was a reminder of last year, but they, they bounced back from that. They didn't let yeah. that game not beat them twice. Cause obviously it didn't beat them. They won the game, but didn't let the team's reputation MO settle into that. Well, we got to win games 52 to, you know, 28 or 35, you know, and everything like that. The, the last two weeks, Arkansas and Auburn, again, not amazing offenses as we saw, obviously, with Arkansas against Mississippi State last week. Ooh. But yeah, that was, that had, that had three to two vibes on it. <laughs> um, but uh, the whole time I was thinking of that gif where uh, Beamer's walking out, you know, at zero, zero and his arms are up. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> But anyway, the, the point being is that I, I've been really impressed the last couple of weeks that the defense has bounced back again from, you know, not its best game against LSU and, and really looks like it's trending in the right direction as well. And look, it's it's difficult. I know in a in a perfect world, Ole Miss just comes out and handles business and beats Auburn by 30. But it's hard. I mean, you, you have to remember these are college kids. They're they're human. They well, are... that was a big game for Auburn too. I mean, yeah, you know, they uh, wanted that. Hugh, Hugh that was Freeze their Super Bowl, right? And and Hugh Freeze was, you know, I mean, he he wouldn't say it, but yeah, he wanted the game. Um, yeah, you know, and I'm I'm sure his kids wanted to play well for him. It's at home. Auburn's a really good atmosphere. Um, you know, and Auburn's been pretty competitive in most games this year. So you know, there's there's no shame in that game being more difficult than expected. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, what I was going to say was, I mean, these are college kids. They're human. They're they're prone to, you know, subconsciously let up a little bit or, you know, fatigue sets in. You know, you play a lot of games and you're coming off a bias so or you're a little rusty. But, you know, it's a road game and, you know, elite teams struggle. I mean, it happens. We've seen Georgia do it. Washington did it over the weekend. Um, you, you know, it's Alabama. Yeah, Alabama. I mean, it's bound to happen. I mean, very rarely do you have a team that just steamrolls every single opponent every single week. I mean, it's it's difficult. And the teams that do that are are very good. And, you know, I people keep saying, you know, well, that's that's coaching that 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 Kiffin didn't have them, you know, well, maybe to a certain extent, but it's also just college football and it's dumb and it's silly and, you know, weird things happen all the time. Um, so I, I mean, I, I just think that like, I, I think what you've said over the past couple of weeks nails it where it's just, it's surviving advance right now. It doesn't matter how pretty it is. It doesn't matter, you know, what the box course says, just stay healthy and win games and just keep on keeping on. Yeah. I mean, pretty just, you know, there were some games last year where Ole Miss looked like world beaters. Like I can't remember exactly, but you know, they looked incredible and they were just cruising and then it all fell apart that last three or four weeks. I just, I don't think that, you know, we've seen that before where teams, not just Ole Miss, where four or five weeks in a row looks great and then they just lose the momentum and crash down the stretch. So I this team could obviously still do that, but I just, mm -hmm. I don't think that's, you know, just because you're not smoking everybody by three or four touchdowns is not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, I think in some ways it can be a good thing. Um, just because you're, you stay hungry, you're, I don't know, all the cliches you talk about, but you know, it's, it's good to learn lessons after a close win rather than a, a loss. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think they're learning lessons here while staying on the, the winning side. And I just think back, you know, think back just like seven or eight years ago to 2017, you know, after the freeze era, before Lane Kiffin got there and, you know, if Ole Miss fans are like truly upset about you know, just beating Auburn by one touchdown, like let's think seven or eight years ago, what you were thinking, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're arguing over some, some pretty good stuff to argue about right now. If you're a college yeah. football fan. Yeah. Well, I, you know, but before we hit the break, I mean, talking about teams that, that struggle, the team that, that per ESPN has the best chances at the college football playoff, Oklahoma, they had their hands full with UCF over the weekend. So it's, and that was at home. So it's bound to happen. I mean, it, again, it's difficult to do that every single week. So 
again, I, I stress, you know, you you won. Like if you're an Ole Miss fan, you have to think, you know, hey, the team won. Everybody stayed healthy. Let's get to next week. So we'll get to uh, week nine. We'll we'll talk Vandy and the rest of the SEC slate. We're going to take a break first and hear from the sponsors. So hang tight. Be right back. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 953-8449 and get your free quote today. Cooler temperatures are right around the corner and as I like to say, it's the perfect time to play a round of golf. And if you're looking for a premier golf course in Northwest Mississippi or the Memphis, Tennessee area, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club in Olive Branch, 15 minutes from the Memphis International Airport. With those cooler temps, you might want to stay warm and comfortable on the course this fall. Go in the clubhouse and check out their new selection of outerwear from Travis Matthew and FootJoy, including FootJoy's new lightweight hoodie. This 18-hole par 72 course includes four sets of tees to accommodate all players and has 11 lakes, 52 bunkers, and the wide Zoysia fairways and extra-large champion Bermuda greens and clean roughs make for an excellent opportunity every single time to post a number. If you need a premier golf experience in the Mid-South, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club. Call them at 662-893-4444 or check them out, olivebranchgolf.com. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, t-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. And we are back here on Daytime Fireworks, a podcast that is sponsored by the College Corner, Sisk Avenue, Oxford, Mississippi. Go over there. They've got the Real Tree Cups. They got the Real Tree Hoodies. They have also got new quarter zips in, Cutter and Buck. They've got some Ole Miss helmet quarter zips that are very, very sharp. You can get a powder blue. You can get a navy helmet quarter zip. Cutter and Buck, extremely comfortable. Love the fit, both polo and quarter zip. You can't beat it. That's College Corner in Oxford. They are over Sisk Avenue. Go check them out. Scott and the folks over there, like I said, they've got some uh, some limited Realtree items. They have got some, uh, I know there was a little bit of a mishap with some of the uh, hoodies and things with Realtree. They're, they're getting more in. Uh, the demand was pretty high, uh, as you can imagine, with... Uh, with the uh, partnership that the Jordan family and Realtree have done with Ole Miss. Everybody's all about the Realtree camo. They've got that. They've got the uh, the cups. And then you can also go over there, snag any kind of merch you can think of, gifts, tailgating supplies, all of that and more. They got men, women, kids. They got it all at College Corner in Oxford, Mississippi. All right, David, let's get into it. Week 9, Ole Miss hosting Vandy. 6.30 p.m. SEC Network. The doors, oh boy, they are uh, now 0-4 in the SEC after, uh, man, losing to UNLV on the road kind of started this tailspin here, David. They lose to Kentucky, Missouri, Florida, and Georgia. It's uh it's not been pretty for Clark Lee and company, and now they travel to Oxford to take on a six and one Ole Miss team that is knocking on the door of the top ten. The line is twenty four and a half now. How do you see this one shaking out? Oh, that's a lot of points. I was just I was looking at uh, Vanderbilt's schedule, and even though obviously they have hit the skids, and UNLV you were talking about it started it, 
they have managed to be relatively competitive most weeks. You know what I mean? Like they, they lose by 17 yeah. to Kentucky. They lose by 17 to Missouri. They lose by 17 to Georgia last week. You know, they lose by 24 to Florida. They've scored some points in all the games, too. I mean, I think Ole Miss controls this game and handles it, and it's not super close or anything like that. But that's just a lot of points. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm. I, I think Vanderbilt covers. I, I think that again, the game is never in doubt. I think Ole Miss moves to seven and one, four and one in the SEC with a win. Um, again, we 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 have to talk about it. I mean, Lane Kiffin has been just dynamite under the lights during his time at Ole Miss. They've been very good in night games at Vaught Hemingway Stadium as a Vanderbilt team. I. I I don't know, you know, are we on, I don't know if we're on quit watch just yet, but it may not matter. They're just not talented enough. And I, I do think that they cover because AJ Swan is back. He, he, he gives them something, you know, some semblance of an element of, you know, explosive plays with how he can distribute the football. Will Shepard sure. and uh, Landon Humphreys, who's probably going to make some kind of freshman All-American team. He's been, outstanding for them in his true freshman season. But yeah, I think Ole Miss handles it. They get out to a big lead. They play the the twos and threes and get to uh get to week 10 with a win. But yeah, it's a lot of points. If it had stayed under 20, if it had hovered around 17, 18, I might have thought about laying them. But yeah, I, I think that Vandy will cover just because I expect Ole Miss to really put it in cruise control in the second half. Right, I expect them to win by about three touchdowns, which is still not getting you there as far as from a betting concern. So, I, you know, I, I see this being, you know, Vandy's been pretty consistent. It's not one of those teams that just can't score. They just don't score a ton. So I, I can see Vandy getting in that 21-point neighborhood, you know, and Ole Miss being around 40, and that's where you're at. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know. I I find it, we talk a lot about in the first segment about the demeanor and the the maturity of this team. I, I, I don't think guys like Jackson Dart or Quinshawn Judkins or Kari Coleman, you know, John Saunders, you know, Zamari Walton, take your pick of the upperclassmen on this team. I, I just don't see them letting a skid like that happen right now, and especially against a team that's just overmatched like Vandy. All yeah, right. and I, I like it. We we talked about too, you know, coming off that Auburn game. It's not like it was just such a dominant performance that you you feel like you're invincible. I, I think there's you know there's there's a lot to teach. There's a lot. I I mm -hmm. don't see why they would be looking back uh, or looking past Vanderbilt because I think they've got a no. lot still to work on. Yeah, and I mean I, I'm sure they're emphasizing it in that building of just the importance of you know obviously winning. That's the goal. Very you know clearly duh but you know the duh. importance of like you know this is a special season potentially so let's right. let's stay focused and i know kiffin is big on as the season you know we get into late october november they're big on more mental reps you know they're not going to hammer them in practice four days a week you know they're going to do more film work they're going to do more studying you know inside the building give them you know a couple couple easy days where they're not just slamming their heads against each other out on the practice field. So they're look, they, they understand what's at, you know, stake here potentially. So I like, uh, I like Ole Miss to win. I, I just think Vandy covers. I mean, maybe look at the under, I, maybe that's the play, but yeah, I, I think that uh, Ole Miss comes out on top moves to seven and one. All right. 11 a.m. ESPN. Another team headed in the wrong direction, South Carolina. It's not looking good, David, for my over six and a half wins pick that I had uh, earlier this year. They are just really on a skid right now. They cannot get anything going. Um, the defense is bad. The offensive line has just continues to struggle, and Spencer Rattler just he can't do it all by himself. Um, A&M giving 14 here. It's at Kyle Field. You know, sleepy 11 a.m. kick, so maybe South Carolina comes out and makes it interesting early, but I, I know it's a look-ahead spot potentially with Ole Miss, but 
is this one that Jimbo kind of screws around and like maybe loses? I, I don't know. <laughs> this is one of those like like I said, we've been we've been kicked in the the crotch a couple times by South Carolina where we picked them and everything. I I just but Texas A and M doesn't inspire a ton of confidence either. I I do think at Texas A and M I do think they get it done. There's just there's nothing that South Carolina has done the past few weeks that. You know, they got smoked by Missouri in a game yeah. that was, you know, a, a big game. And and Missouri's obviously been better than I think a lot of us thought. But, you know, they're they're oh, yeah. not trending in the right direction. I, I still think Texas A&M gets this one done. Yeah, I do too. Um, 2.30 CBS, world's largest outdoor cocktail party in Jacksonville, Duval County, Florida, I'm still not sold on Billy Napier in Florida right now. I, I know Graham Mertz has played well. Here's the thing is I know that social media and, and the marketing department in Gainesville has been hyping up Graham Mertz and how well he's played and he, he's, he's played well. We'll give him credit, but this is the litmus test here. Let's see just how far you've come here against Georgia, a team that, has had their struggles, but it's still Georgia. It's still the two-time defending national champions. They're still the benchmark for everyone in the SEC and in the SEC East. No Brock Bowers, but you still got to deal with Carson Beck, and you got to deal with Deshaun Edwards, and you got to deal with that defense and Kirby Smart. And you know, David, coming off a bye, that Kirby Smart is going to be ready for this one. Oh, yeah. He'll be ready. I think I think this is a really big game for the Florida program and, and just Billy Napier's tenure. I think, yeah, like you said, a, a litmus test kind of, you know, because early in the year, they lose to Utah in that ugly opener that I listened to on the radio driving to an Arizona State game. And then, you know, you just get smoked by Kentucky and you're just thinking, man, I don't know if Billy Napier's going to survive. But then you bounce back with two nice wins over Vanderbilt and South Carolina and really at five and two, Graham Mertz has played well. I, I think that there are reasons for some optimism that this program is is starting to turn around and can complete, compete with Georgia. But, you know, it's just like Auburn, Alabama. It's just like the Egg Bowl. It's just like, you know, your litmus test against your biggest rival is important. And I think that Napier has been shaky at times. I'm not saying that they have to win this game. I'm just saying that this game is – you know, 45 to seven or something like that. Florida is just mm -hmm. non-competitive. I think that's going to, it's going to be really hard for Napier to recover from. I, and, and so I expect Florida at times it's, they're sort of Jekyll and Hyde. They've looked pretty good at certain times this year. And Graham Mertz, I was just looking, you know, 76% completion rating. That's about as good as it gets. So they do have some things going for them, but I, I think Florida really needs to be, you know, winning the game would obviously be great for the program, but it, it has to be, you just can't look at this field on Saturday and see this gigantic gulf between the two teams. I think that would be really hard for Napier to recover from. Yeah. The numbers 14 and a half, it's not a lot of points. I imagine Florida is going to really try to muddy this one up and take the air out of the football and all the, you know, the cliches of slowing the game down. I, I without Brock Bowers, I just don't know how explosive this offense can be. Um, you know, they they've they've really struggled this year to make plays when it hasn't just been like smashing the Brock Bowers button on the controller. Um <laughs> I don't know. I, I Georgia's going to win the game. I I would be very shocked if Florida can pull off the upset. Um, but yeah, 14 and a half. I mean, the, the totals at 47, I mean, maybe this one is just an ugly grinded out game, you know, that 47. maybe, maybe Georgia wins, you know, 24, 14. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if Florida's ready for this kind of test. I don't know if they're ready to pass this kind of test. I should say, I, I still have my questions on Mertz and, and what they do offensively, because at times, like you said, they've looked really good. You know, they beat Tennessee at home. Um, and then they lay a 
big time egg against Kentucky and give up a ton of yards on the ground. I mean, maybe that's how Georgia attacks this one. Maybe they try to hammer Dejon Edwards and, and really challenge Florida's front seven. But yeah, I, mm, I'd have to think about it before I even touch it with some real, you know, actual paper money, but real American dollars. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think Georgia gets it for some reason. I, I but it, it's going to be one of those lights. That's a that's a good line because it's making us struggle yeah. a little bit. I I can just see Georgia winning like thirty seven to twenty. You know, a late score. Yeah, I can see that. All right. Also <clears throat> at two thirty, SEC Network. <laughs> Mississippi State travels to the Plains back-to-back home games for Hugh Freeze and the Tigers as they host the now upstart Mississippi State Bulldogs after putting up seven on the road against Arkansas. My goodness. Um, that was a tough scene. Um, it, was, was, it was pretty gross. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if I mean, you're Mississippi State, it's a lot more fun to win those games than to lose them. But, yeah, that was... That was that My was a goodness. wild, yeah. Just what a, I don't know. You just don't see games like that very often anymore. I mean, they happen occasionally, but I mean, know. maybe if you're watching, you know, a game in Iowa City, but they. <laughs> well, that's true. Um. Yeah. Uh. So no, Will Rogers. I uh, I I expect him not to play. Um. Mike Wright is extremely limited with what he can do. Um, throwing the football. I mean, his first pass attempt on Saturday was intercepted. Um, but still, I, I think that was an Arkansas team that just flat out quit, and Mississippi State still couldn't do anything. Um, I think I think Auburn is is. I don't want to say they're good. I think they're solid up front, but David, I think Mississippi State might be a little better defensively. Um. Well, I was about to say this. I, gosh, I'm kind of feeling Mississippi State on this one, and I don't have a great, like, like you said, if Will Rogers doesn't play, Mike Wright hasn't looked amazing, obviously, or anything like that. But I just, I, I think Auburn, you know, spent a lot of energy on that Ole Miss game last week. I think Mississippi State has got a little momentum after the wins over Western Michigan and Arkansas. I think if State is ever going to to make a little run here, and you know not shock the world. It's Mississippi state and Auburn, but mm-hmm. you know, just get a nice road win. I think it could happen here. I'm I'm, I'm with you. I, I think Mississippi state wins this one. I think the, I think this is one of those, the wrong teams favored type games. What's, um, what's the line? Six and a half. Auburn is giving six and a half. I mean, that's not a bad line. That's probably what I thought it would be, but I just, I think this is going to be a weird one. I think it's going to be kind of low scoring, like a 19 to 14, or, you know, one of those weird scoring dummy mm-hmm. type numbers. Um, so, yeah, I just, uh, I'm going. And like you this... said, State's defense is pretty good, and Auburn's yeah. offense is not great. And so, I, I think if, you know, State can do anything offensively, which. I'm not sure they can, but if they can, like I think 17 points could get this done. That's what I mean. Yeah, it's kind of like the old adage of like, you know, bad experience isn't good experience, but I think Mississippi State has a a, a good core of front seven guys that have played a lot of football together. And they 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 know their role. They know their limitations with, you know, what they do well, what they don't do well. They're... I think they're extremely good at, you know, what Zach Arnett asked them to do up front. And they were able to hold KJ Jefferson in check for most of the day. What's my thing is like, what's Auburn going to do right now? Because the expectation, whether it's real or not, at Auburn is to win national championships and they want to compete for the SEC. And Hugh Freeze is feeling that for sure. I mean, the pressure is there, especially after losing to Ole Miss, and you know, you've already lost to Georgia. You know your 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 gettable wins in the conference. You, you you know you're running out of them. 
and you've got Alabama looming at the end of the season, you know, whether that's realistic or not to expect a win, the fans are still going to want you to compete. This is a game that that Hugh Freeze and this program have to win in year one. And I'm yeah, not sure. Is, I'm just not I, sure if I they agree. can do it. Right. Well, this is a this is a big stretch for them. I'm looking at and this sounds weird because the schedule doesn't read that good, but it's Mississippi State, then at Vanderbilt, then at Arkansas, and then New Mexico State. That's obviously not a murderer's row. But if for some reason you go two and two in that stretch, you know, the seat, you know, I, I realize it's Hugh Freeze's first year, but it makes everything very, the, the seat warm going into year two. And right. I just think that, if you win all four of these games, then at that point you're seven and four. Yeah, it's not a great year. It's not what Auburn's supposed to do, but at least you know you go into that Alabama game seven and four, probably lose. But if you're seven and five and won most of the games you were supposed to, I think that's something to build on a little bit. You just don't want this year to turn into a disaster. And right now, I think the year is disappointing for Auburn, even though not much was expected. It's always there's always expectations in Auburn. So you've had a disappointing year so far. It can really veer into disaster territory if you don't play sure. well these next four weeks. So I, I think it's, I think these games are, are more important than, I don't know. I, I'm just going to be really interested to see what Auburn does for the next month. Cause I think it's important for, for freezes future there for just the general mm-hmm. feeling around the program. Well, especially if if you can't get it done this weekend, then it's the the margin for error the rest of the way out. I mean, there is no margin for error. I mean, you have to win right, Vandy, to Arkansas, right? Because you have to think you're not beating Alabama and New Mexico State, Arkansas, and Vandy are are winnable games. But I, well, how are they going to do it? I mean, are they going to just do it with defense and hope for some special teams touchdowns because? I just, whether it's Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford, I just, you know, what are you doing? Uh, Jarquez Hunter had a big run against Ole Miss, but outside of that, he didn't do anything. So it's not like they can hang their hat on running the football. Like they don't have Tank Bigsby over there anymore. So that's, that's just my biggest hangup right now is, is what is, you know, how are you getting it done? So this is, it's a big, big game for both programs because Mississippi State now, you know, they are sitting at four and three. They have their shot to win this weekend. Then you play a big game against Kentucky at home. And then at AM, Southern Miss is a win. And then the Egg Bowl. So bowl game is still within reach for Mississippi State. So, I mean, this is a, you know, big big weekend for both of these programs because it, it's it, the margin for error for both is very very slim um i'm with you though i'm taking state outright i, I think they get it done so if and, and, and if you're state right now you still have like a decent season you look back at their schedule now i'm looking back at it the one loss you know, that one both South Carolina hurts, especially looking at how South Carolina, but, you know, yeah. beating Arizona was a pretty good win that second game of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you lose to Alabama and LSU. I mean, a lot of teams lose to Alabama and LSU. And then you down the stretch, like you said, you've got difficult games, but not impossible games. Like I think Kentucky and Texas A&M are, you know, they could win those games, even though I think, you know, they, they won't be favored in either of those games. So, anyway, the point being that the, the Bulldogs have got a little momentum right now. I, I think they're in a better position to get this done right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'd take the plus six and a half, and I, if you're a little sprinkle of money line, I, I'd, I'd do it here on the Bulldogs. I, I, like, I like MSU to get it done on the Plains. All right, 6 o'clock ESPN, last SEC game of the weekend. Tennessee traveling to Kentucky. Man, Tennessee is going to have to get off the mat early and often here. Kentucky is not going to be an easy win. They're still 5 and 2. I mean, uh, Kentucky, I know they had, you know, the big loss against Missouri after getting an early lead and then they got shellacked by Georgia. But uh, you know, Tennessee loses the big rivalry game to Alabama. 
had the lead, had their shot at pulling off the upset, did not get it done. Travel to Lexington. Kentucky getting three and a half here. This one is intriguing to me. That's an intriguing game, just because, like you said, it's a weird, you know, Kentucky was kind of cruising towards maybe a special season, and now they've lost two games, so you wonder where their heads are at. Obviously, Tennessee coming off a really disappointing second half against Alabama. Um, I like Kentucky in this game. I, I don't trust Tennessee on the road against a pretty good team at this point. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, uh, talking, talking, you know, dad here, David, I, I'm really disappointed. I'm not angry. I'm disappointed <laughs> in Tennessee. Yeah, I really, like... I, and I wasn't expecting Joe Milton to be Hendon Hooker, but I really thought that they would be better offensively. And I know that they're extremely limited now that Brew McCoy's unfortunately out for the year. He was their big play guy. Squirrel White's done some things here and there, and but it's just not enough. I know they lost a lot off that team last year. That was really special offensively. Um, I just Joe Milton. He's just things are moving too fast for him right now. He, he right. He, you he can is see, moving at a different speed than the rest of the, the yeah. Field. You can see the wheels and are not turning. Way. It, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like the golf adage of things are moving quickly for him. Um, it's, it, I really think that maybe, and I don't know if hype will do it, but I mean, I really think you need to lean into that quarterback run game and just really try to wear people down because look, he can do that. He can probably oh, he's you. a big boy. Yeah. He, he can, he can run and, and kill you with his legs and just, I don't know. I mean, it was really, really disheartening seeing what they did in that first half against Bama, against a Bama defense that has really turned up the heat on folks. But, yeah, it's just a – Kentucky's good at home. It's hard to go into K. Roger Field at night and to and to beat them. And, you know, they know who they are. Like, they have an identity. They don't stray from it. And they are uh, they're a difficult team to beat there at night. I'm probably – taking the points and heck I wouldn't be shocked if Kentucky just wins outright. Yeah, that's, I, I just feel like Kentucky's going to win this game. I don't, I, I, I wish I had some amazing pros right now, but I just, I feel that <laughs> I, yeah. I don't trust Tennessee on the road with, with Joe Milton against a, a good team right now. And I think Kentucky is, is flawed is not perfect, but it's, they're a solid team. Yeah, I, I I'm going Kentucky here. I I don't know. I, I just I think that Tennessee is just missing some crucial pieces on that offense, and I, I just think they're not going to be able to get it done. So, um, all right, one final break. We'll come back in the third segment, wrap up this week's daytime fireworks. So, one last break, and we'll be back on the other side. So, hang tight. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. Ole Miss fans, you can never be too careful, especially these days and with young kids at home. Don't take any chances and secure your home with Eufy Smart Lock, an easy install all-in-one security device for your front door and that peace of mind we're all looking for. I myself am a Eufy user, and I can tell you firsthand, go ahead and ditch those house keys forever, grab a Phillips head screwdriver because that's all you'll need, and give Eufy Smart Lock a try today. No monthly fee, and Eufy customer service is waiting on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. So what are you waiting for? Head to Vault Hemingway or the Pavilion or Swayze Field to cheer on your Ole Miss Rebels with the reassurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Smart Lock. Eufy Video Lock makes it easy to keep an eye on things back home. Its built-in camera can tell you who's at the front door from the comfort of your stadium seat. 
Search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com, eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Smart Lock and Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. All right, we're back here. Final segment, Daytime Fireworks. Zach Barry, David Brandt here with you. All right, David. Um, as far as the national picture is concerned with where we sit right now, as I believe the first playoff rankings will come out, it's not this week. It's next week, right? I think it's next week. I haven't seen I think anything it's on week. our – yeah. Um. So you've still got Georgia up top. They're still number one until someone knocks them off. Michigan is still undefeated, 8-0. Ohio State survives Penn State over the weekend, and Florida State also holds serve. So you've got the top six teams there with Washington and Oklahoma all still unblemished. Texas survived Houston. Oregon wins. Alabama wins. And then you've got Oregon State and Ole Miss there um, and Utah alongside Penn State, who just lost. Um, I guess in your mind, if you're making your own poll, if you're if you're building a, a, a top five, top ten, whatever, where do you rank everyone right now heading into week nine? Well, you know the weirdest one. I was just looking at Michigan, and you you we talked about, you know, it's not often that a team just hammers the opponent every single weekend. Uh, the scores for Michigan this year, 30 to three, 35 to seven, 31 to six, 31 to seven, 45 to seven, 52 to 10, 52 to seven, 49 to nothing. Their closest game all year was 31 to seven. And it's a terrible schedule. I mean, don't get me wrong, but you talk about their their closest game was a 24-point <laughs> win all year. That's just amazing. Uh, I think that speaks to the Big Ten a little bit as much as it does Michigan. But sorry, yeah. I got distracted by that one. But my top five, I mean, I think Georgia is at the top until somebody proves otherwise. I think Florida State's actually very good. I would put them two. I would put probably Michigan three. And then Ohio State, Washington would kind of be tied for four. I mean, that's not too different than I – There's I, mm-hmm. I don't think the rankings are, like, horribly off right now. I, I think that Florida State and Washington, I think you could make arguments there. You know, they, they're a little more battle-tested at this point than, like, a Michigan. Yeah. Oklahoma's good. I You know, it's just nobody has looked – like, the one team that has just steamrolled everybody is Michigan, but that schedule is so terrible. And plus, I'm just – you know, interested to see how the, you know, whatever the the sign stealing yeah. investigation, yeah, if that wears <laughs> on the program at all, or if it has any effect, I don't know if it will. A lot not, of a uh, lot of t-shirt order uh, payments on uh, on Connor Stallion's Venmo. I don't know if you've seen that, but uh, I, of, I uh... saw that he was right. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's hilarious. Forgot to scrub the Venmo uh, when he was because I'm pretty sure he deleted his Twitter. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I know people hate the, uh, 
Well, until someone proves otherwise, Georgia's number one, even though they haven't looked like, you know, a true number one sometimes this year. I think it's probably Georgia, Michigan. I'd still put Washington up there at three. And then I would put Florida State at four and Ohio State at five. Um, Florida State, to me, reminds me a little bit of Ole Miss, where they just they find ways to win late in games. They're really strong in the second half. They they put teams away. Um, I think that's been huge. Yeah, that, that Duke game was was tough. And, it got you know, weird. Duke's yeah. pretty good at this point. Yeah, and Duke is a you know we've seen them play pretty well now multiple weeks enough times that it's not you know just some kind of Cinderella story. That's a pretty good team, and they end up pulling away and winning that game by eighteen points. I was actually pretty impressed by that. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I still believe in Florida State. I think they're for real. And then I, I still I'm a big, big fan of Kalen DeBoer and, and Michael Penix and what Washington's done. I mean, beating that Oregon team was impressive. I think Oregon's legit. They they have to be on a crash course for a rematch in, in Vegas in the Pac-12 title game. Um, looking at the one-loss teams, though, I, Oregon State's still hanging around. I, I don't know if they have the firepower, per se, to – to win out, you know, win a shootout or, you know, go score for score with someone. But DJ Uyunglele gives them an, an element of quarterback that makes them dangerous. And then Utah, I, I, that was the, that was one of the picks that I got wrong over the weekend, David. And I was shocked at how they, they put up points. And I know SC's defense is terrible, but up until last week, Utah was just miserable offensively. They don't have Cam Rising. They don't have, uh, Keithy, the tight end, um, I, I was impressed with them to go. Not only, you know, they went on the road and did it, but just scoring in bunches like they did really shows a lot about Kyle Whittingham and that that program. I was just about to say, man, Kyle Whittingham can coach. He is a good man. He, he, he can take yours and beat his or take his and beat yours. I mean, like he's he's good. And, you know, Bryson Barnes had three touchdown passes. You know, that, that Jackson kid was a, a good runner. Like, they just find ways to get it done. Every year, Utah's yeah. not very – not a super sexy pick, but then at the end of the year, they're always in the Pac-12 hunt. And so, big they got a big game this week against Oregon. Um, mm-hmm. And it's at home. So yeah, And it's – Rice they, Eccles uh, is tough, man. Yeah, that's I think that's going to be a really good game. So, um, yeah, I was looking – sorry, I'm going back and forth between the – the rankings and stuff like that. I, I saw the fine bomb. It just, I went past a, a video and it was talking about how this is Nick Saban, maybe his best coaching job of his career. And I was, ah, that's not a bad take. I mean, he's definitely taken kind of a flawed team and still got them in the top 10 and yeah. still prop, you know, got a good chance to go to Atlanta. It is, you know, for all the, you know, it, it seemed like, and we've had a few of these over the past 10 or 15 years where it's like, well, is Alabama done? And the answer's not yet. Yeah, they, they've still got a couple hurdles left. This, this weekend, or, or excuse me, next weekend, will be a big test against LSU and Jaden Daniels, who are also coming off a bye. So that'll be primetime television. Um, as far as the one-loss teams... We, we've talked about Ole Miss. We've talked about Utah. We've talked about Oregon State, Bama, Oregon, Texas. Texas. Where where do you put Missouri in, in this pecking order? I think Missouri – actually, I was about to say something about them, and I think Missouri is obviously better. I think Eli Drinkwitz has done a really nice job. Um, they're off this week, and then they've got a game at Georgia – on November 4th. And I just, you know, I think once they probably lose that game, especially since it's on the road at Georgia, I just don't, then they've got Tennessee, then Florida. I, I think a lot of Missouri's tough games are still ahead. So I, I think Missouri is dangerous, but I just don't think their schedule bodes well for them down the stretch. Yeah. I, I think they're going to stumble at some point, but, Drinkwitz has done a fantastic job. I know that all the the easy layup jokes about him being a dork and everything is fun, but I mean they've they've done a Sometimes really good job. Sometimes dorks are good football coaches. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it takes all kinds. <laughs> Brady Cook's been really good. I mean, Luther Burden is is as good as anyone in the country. They've uh, they've really got it going with that offense, and their defense is solid enough. Um, but yeah, I, I'll be it's, very. You know, it's it, a shame. It's a shame they don't play Ole Miss this year because I think that'd be a really fun game. Yeah, that'd be a fun matchup. Um, I would that Missouri offense going against a Pete Golding defense and and how they've looked this year. It would be a uh, it would be a really good matchup. I I I tend to agree there. And then yeah, the quarterback matchup with Cook versus Jackson Dart would be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and I mean, look, I they got they would have to beat Georgia, but I mean they they've still got a shot at winning the East. Um, yeah. So it's, it's hard to count them out just yet, but yeah, this, uh, this year has a chance for some big time chaos. Cause you could potentially have a PAC 12 title game where Oregon beats Washington and gets revenge. So you've got two, one loss teams there at top of that conference. You could have Texas beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game and have two one-loss teams there in that conference. Um, well, and Michigan and Ohio State still have to play, so one of those teams has at least one loss. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it could, you know, Michigan beats Ohio State, then Ohio State gets revenge. You know, it, it's crazy. I mean, it, it, it could be a lot of fun. Um, it, But it depends on how you define fun, I guess, because it, it, it could <laughs> People could really be, I mean, this is the year truly where a 12 team playoff would be awesome. Well, I've, I have always been, that's one thing I have always been on the bandwagon on. I think a, a, a 12 team playoff or even eight teams, I think would be much better. Cause I think with eight, you could do, you know, you could do the five power five conferences, two wild cards, and then one from the group of five. And I think that would fit real well. But anyway, I, yes, I'm looking forward to the expanded playoff where we can, you know, I, I do think it will hurt the, the regular season, maybe a little um, at times, yeah, but I think maybe. that, but I, but I think that's going to be over. I, I think within five years of the playoffs, no one will even remember that. No, like does it, does it, you know, the NCAA tournament has 68 teams and nobody seems to care about that. Like it's, I, I think I, it'll I, be, I think that's one of those things we'll, we'll think about the good old days and be like, Oh, I don't know. And then for the most part, we'll, forget that it ever existed after three or four years of the playoffs. I really hate too that it it won't be able to be a thing, but the whole James Madison being ineligible thing is just such bullshit and they're awesome. I would love for Air Force and James Madison to both run the table and put them in an access bowl against each other. That would be a hell of a game. Oh, that'd be a great game. Or, But that's what's going to make the playoffs so cool is, you know, you, you get in maybe the opening round of James yeah. Madison against, like, Michigan or something like that, you know, a two versus 15 or two, you know, just whatever. Like, yeah. I, I think that that's great for the sport. That's what you, you know, does Michigan, would Michigan probably run away with that? Yeah, probably. But there's always that chance that it doesn't happen, just like when the 15 seed occasionally beats the two seed in the uh, NCAA tournament. I, that's what would make it great. So, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, just just let them let them play. Let see them what play. Happens. Like, yeah, let's see. <laughs> you know, are they as good? Probably not, but they might be. Who knows? It's uh, oh, what is his name from uh, from Eastbound and Down, um. <laughs> Ashley Schaefer. Yeah. Ashley Schaefer, let the boy watch. <laughs> um, yeah, just just let 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 the boys watch James Madison play Ohio State or Air Force play Georgia. It, I know everybody's going to point to, well, we did that back in the BCS days, and we saw what happened to Hawaii when they played. Well, who cares? It's it, it's a playoff. Just just do it. Well, and that's and that's what happens sometimes. Like when you have like the Cinderella, it's called a Cinderella story for a reason. It doesn't happen very often. Like right. for every amazing, you know, number, you know, whatever that was. Who was it? Maryland Eastern Shore or something that beat Virginia? Maryland Baltimore County, right? I can't yeah, even remember, but UMBC or yeah, yeah. UMBC, yes. University of Maryland Baltimore County, I think. 
uh, you know, beats Virginia. Like, there's a hundred times where that didn't happen, but when it does, it's special. And I think, like you said, let the boys play. Let's let let, let us watch. Yeah, I look. Alabama sure thought it was stupid, and then they got boat raced by Utah back in the Sugar Bowl back in the day. So, yeah, um, we'll get it. We'll get it very soon. It's going to happen, and it'll uh, it'll be great. So, all right, that'll do it for this edition of Daytime Fireworks. Thanks again to David, as always. We appreciate him joining us every week to break it all down. We'll have more podcasts coming to you this week on the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe. Leave a review, all that good stuff, and be sure to check us out on YouTube at OM Spirit. Smash the like button, subscribe, all that good stuff, and we will be back next week talking with David for week 10. So for him over there, I'm Zach. This has been another edition of Daytime Fireworks. Y'all be good. We out. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.